one thing we've also told our reporters that we want more of the voices of the ordinary people in election reporting. In, interview them. Talk to as many as them as possible about their expectations about the candidate, their impressions of the candidates. My name is Musikilu Majid. I'm um, editor-in-chief and chief operating officer at Premium Times here in Nigeria. This is a podcast about journalism innovation in Africa. I am Dickens Olewe. Several African countries will hold general elections this year. The Nigerian one on the 16th of February is one of the few that will be closely followed. I reached out to Mojid to talk about how Premium Times is preparing to cover the story, but I started our interview by asking him to tell me more about the elections. Yeah, Nigeria holds general elections um, every four years, so which means we have to elect you know, a new president, new governors for the 36 states, new senators, new members of the House of Representatives, and new uh, members of the Houses of Assembly in the 36 states. So we've been doing this since 1999. So this year, the tenure on May 29 this year, the tenure of the present uh, office holders will expire. So we are doing elections ahead of the expiration of the tenure in May. And tell me about Premium Times' plans to cover the election. Well, basically, as you know, we are an online-only newspaper. Uh, we don't print. Over the years, we've been one of the most innovative media organizations uh, covering the election. So our plan this year, basically, is not. We are building an election. We are improving on our election center, which is uh, like a resource center for the elections where you can find all the information you need about the election. So we are building it, we are putting finishing touches to that, and then we are expanding our coverage of the election. What kind of information can people find in this portal? Yeah, real-time election coverage, um, which will be like a live blog of the election from all over the country, which will be hosted on that portal, and in addition to what is happening on our main website. Then it will have, there you can find all the names of the contestants. You can find details about how to vote, where to locate a polling unit. Then we have, um, you also be able to find real-time election results coming from the polling units. So um, basically it's going to, now if that platform will also be used to sensitize voters about what to do when they get to the polling unit, how to behave, you know, what to expect. And then they will be getting real-time analysis on the results of the election. Okay, I, I, I want to hear a, a lot more about your plans, but then you earlier said that you are an online-only publication. Have you ever heard in your history a print edition? No, no, no. We, we started in 2011 and we've been online only since. And in, in terms of the team that Premium Times is going to be, to deploy to cover the election, I mean, how many journalists are going to be doing this uh, reporting and what are their roles going to be? Well, for now, I can't give you a specific number, but it's going to be a lot because apart from our full-time reporters, who we plan to deploy in the 36 states and Abuja. We have a crop of student journalists that we have trained over the years that we usually deploy to states to cover elections. 
You know, we have a project. We have a premium time center for investigative journalism, which has trained a lot of campus journalists across the country. And so we've been using them to cover elections, which means that we are able to send reporters, our home full-time reporters, and then these student journalists to local governments in every state of the Federation. So we are still compiling the numbers, but it's going to be a large number. So and we are going to harm them with gadgets, with cameras, with uh, um, video cameras, with uh, gadgets with which they can record proceedings at the filling at the polling units and all of that. And then they will be able to also record election results as they are declared at both the polling unit, at the local government, and at the state coalition centers. So we hope to deploy some of the largest uh, team of reporters in the elections. Now, if you look at the 2015 elections uh, and compared to uh, the election you, you would be having on the 16th of February, I mean... I mean, every election is different, but I'm just wondering in terms of reporting, is there something that you see that will be different, whether positive or negative, in terms of reporting this story? Yeah, well, there is one innovation that we introduced in the 2015 election, which made it difficult for politicians to rig the election. What we basically did was to initiate a project we called SNAP and send. What does that mean? Was that we sufficiently sensitize voters that when they cast their vote, they should wait until the result of the elections are declared at their polling unit. Under Nigerian law, after elections are declared, election officials are supposed to post a copy of the election results at that polling unit. So we encourage citizens to use their, their phones to take photograph of the election results and then send to us by WhatsApp. And then, so we are able to oppose real time. So it, it then became difficult for politicians to go to the coalition center to manipulate the results. So we are going to improve on that and create more opportunities and platforms for people to be able to send that to us. We hope that uh, uh, that will help to check rigging. So um, I, I don't see much difference because um, there is no additional technology that has been uh, added by the election commission. But we hope that citizens are now better sensitized to even better police the result of the election. And, and what about misinformation? Because at the end of the day, uh, you can get citizens to send you uh, the results, as you say, uh, but you might get a situation where you're finding people sending uh, information that does not match with uh, the others. I mean, in that case, what do you do? And I'm, I'm, I'm also assuming here that uh, you, what you're telling me is that uh, at the end of the day, the Nigerian media, like uh, we, which you're part of, is not usurping the role of the Electoral Commission in announcing the results? No, 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 no. Under Nigerian law, you can announce results as they are declared at the polling unit. 
you are not, you know, violating any law by doing that. What you cannot do is to pronounce a winner, to say somebody has won the election. But for instance, if you go to a polling unit and the election, the result is declared to say party A has called four votes, party B has called five votes. You can so report. It's reporting. So you are simply reporting what is happening at the polling unit. You are not announcing the result to say Mr. Hay has won the election because you are not in a position to do that. You are not supposed to do that. But you can at least report things that are happening at the polling unit or at the collation center to say so-so and so results have been declared here. So but what we, this is the, our experience in 2015, citizens didn't send us fake results. But I know that between 2015 and now, a lot has changed in terms of misinformation and fake news. And we are aware of that. So what we have done, um, we, we have a project, we call it Dubawa, which is like checking, is a project we use in checking misinformation and fake news. And so we've been doing a lot of fact check of claims by politicians in this election. That's one of the innovations we started along with the reporting of this election. So we've been doing a lot of fact check and we've been trying to correct a lot of misinformation, even by citizens, even by the politicians along the campaign trail. So we hope that we will continue to do that. We are also sensitizing um, citizens about the danger of uh, misinformation and uh, fake news. Now we are familiar with the, the voting pattern across the country. We know how elections, what might likely turn out in certain areas. Of course, we may not be accurate 100%, but if we see, um, if a citizen, a voter, sends us a result that uh, does not follow that pattern, we will check. And we are not asking, we are not relying. We want as many voters as possible to send us the results obtained from the polling unit. And so we will compare. When we are in doubt, we will check. Remember, too, that we are deploying our own reporters across the states. So as much as possible, we will use our reporters to authenticate a lot of the things that we get from citizens, the user-generated content that we get. Now, what about other media organizations? I mean, you've told me what your plans are. I'm just curious about what your competitors and, and the other organizations who are not direct competitors, you know, like the TVs and radio um, and other online sites. I'm just wondering whether you could tell me just a bit more about what you have seen as part of their plans of reporting the election. Well, I know that um, for us, we've been engaging quite a lot of them. And in fact, I was uh, in, in November, I helped train a lot of editors um, about election reporting. You know, I was uh, contracted by the U.S. Embassy to help train them, and I graciously accepted. We've done quite a few other training, um, and we've been engaging people. There was a coalition. We have a coalition 
that we started, we call them Lakes Engine um, Coalition. We try to work together on trying to vet candidates. And then um, we are also working together on this fact-checking project that I talked about. But beyond that, I don't know the plans of the newspapers. I guess every newspaper has its own plan. And uh, I'm not sure what those plans have. There, there's been a lot of criticism about how the media uh, in general covers election. There are people who f feel that the media concentrates, maybe in your case, uh, there is a lot of focus about the two leading candidates and not necessarily their policies. So I'm curious whether you think that, um, you know, you think that criticism is justified and what you are doing differently, if at all. Well, the, the criticism is, is justified because uh, the, the, and that's the points that we have made uh, repeatedly when we engage colleagues that we don't really give voices we don't give attention to the issues that bother the voters we just allow the politicians the political parties and the candidates to dictate the pace of our coverage and the color of our coverage I think um, that has historically been the case with election reporting in Nigeria. But I think that has changed significantly this year. People are talking about the issues. The candidates are talking about what they want to do. They are taking the ruling party hope about their pro promises in the last election and what they have uh, been able to deliver. And every candidate is talking about what he or she will do in the area of health delivery, on the economy, on security, and all of that. And that's something that we have encouraged and have amplified as much uh, as possible. And one thing we've also told our reporters, that we want more of the voices of the ordinary people in election reporting. In, interview them. Talk to as many as them as possible about their expectations about the candidate, their impressions of the candidates. But we also have done something different. We have been working with a group known as Not Too Young to Run to give voices to young people and alternative candidates, those who do not belong to the um, two main political parties. And if you check our coverage, you will see that we have interviewed, you know, a lot of candidates that belong to small parties. We have interviewed lots of young people who are running. They may not win the election, but they have, you know, sufficiently been able to push the leading candidate to talk about issues. And so that's what we are doing. We have continued to, for instance, we have been amplifying the voices of women candidates because we believe that there is need for diversity in government, that women need to be encouraged, young people need to be encouraged, and even uh, candidates who do not belong to the main political parties need to be covered as much as the leading candidates. So that's what we are doing, and it's a deliberate policy on our part that we should see out all these people contesting and talk to them 
give them what as much as possible equal coverage. That may not be possible because some candidates create more events than others. So, but we do our best to deliberately give as much attention to every contestant. Um, my, my last question for you, Mujid, is I'm really curious about, uh, you've talked to me ab about your fact-checking uh, project. And I have always been curious about the effect of fact-checking, and especially when it comes to, uh, you know, political reporting. What's your experience with the politicians when you call them out um, on a claim that they have given? Well, what we've observed, really, is that because what we've done, apart from fact-checking what they say on the campaign trail, is also to fact-check their claims on the election debates that have happened so far. So now what we've observed is that once we call them out, they don't repeat the claims anymore. They are usually uh, too egoistic to come forward to say, yes, we are sorry for saying this. But we observe that they don't repeat the claims, more or less. So for all that is progress. Because, and then citizens also know and that the claim by this candidate is untrue. We hope that that will help some people to take uh, to make decisions about who to vote for. So we continue to do that. Usually they don't apologize, but they hardly repeat the claim. That is Mojid Musikulu, editor-in-chief at Premium Times in Nigeria. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time and you want to know more about journalism in Africa, check out my website www.dickensolewe.com. My podcast is also available on iTunes and if you have an Android phone, download it on Stitcher app. Just search for my name, Dickens Olewe. And please rate the podcast when you find it. As always, for any comments or feedback, I'm on Twitter at Dickens Olewe. Until next time. Bye-bye.